Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, there are many creative ways to get a kid in your house. We talked to creative director Mary Fago about fertility and creative work. Plus, Biz wants silence, and Teresa is back for a visit. Woo! I don't know if you're still taking woos, but you mentioned the other day that you love them, and um, and I wanted to woo with you, and I was camping with no reception the week that you were officially doing the woos, so I just thought I would call and leave one, just in case, because I've been wooing with you every week for seven years, and I just wanted to really do it. My weeks are going okay. Uh, they're, it's really okay, I think, is, is just right, because they're really variable. I, For the first time in my life, I got fired from a job. Well, I mean, it was technically because of COVID. They didn't need, um, they didn't need me anymore because their business hasn't gone back up, even though it's an essential business that's outpatient, um, medical, and they weren't having as many patients. But um, they fired me in an email, so that was really nice. Uh, but then, but then also I just self-published an ebook of a children's story that I wrote and illustrated, which is something I've so outside my comfort zone that I never planned on doing in my life. So that was amazing. I just did that. And we're going to be rescuing a new dog. And then also we're planning for the online school. Online school starts next year. I mean, not next year, next week <laughs> for the next year. It didn't go so well for us in the spring. So I'm trying real hard to type that one up in a positive way. But I'm glad I have you guys here every week. I can listen you and um, be together in this craziness. Uh, so thanks. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Seems like the exact word <laughs> to describe what's going on. Okay. I, okay really is, I think, the perfect word these days because uh, sometimes we say eh, everything's okay and it's not like you're getting fired from an email. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty gross, uh, but it's also okay because you got pushed out of your comfort. I love the getting pushed out of your comfort zone. That is awesome. That is so awesome. Good job doing that. I just think that is that is incredible. Yay. Yay. And also for rescuing a dog. I love it. I love it. You're doing amazing. And as always, no one's doing anything at anybody. You, ah, this is good stuff. I am so, I am so impressed. You're doing great. And I was, ah, who knows, who knows about online school? How's online school going for everybody, guys? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, it is such a crazy uh, like uh, wavelength of how it's going for people with school. In our three weeks of online school, first week, Ellis punched the computer. The second week, Ellis threw a hacky sack at the computer, which I thought was an improvement. And this week, 
No one punched a computer, including myself, at least in our house. Katie Bell's just in her room doing, I hope, school. I hope she's doing school. I don't know. I have a friend who uh, it's not going well at all. Not even, not even a little. Okay. And some people seem to be born to be remote taught. And every day it changes. And that's, ah, I don't like that. I would like some consistency with things either sucking or being great. (laughs) Just so I could know what was happening when I woke up in the morning. Speaking of consistency, let me take a moment and say thank you, thank you, thank you to essential workers. You're still essential. Guess what? COVID is still here. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. (laughs) Guys, guys, I need to be really clear. The coronavirus is a horrible, horrible uh, thing. And it makes people very sick. And it has killed and threatens to continue to kill people all over the world. And many people have suffered incredible loss over the last six months uh, related to this, not just the incredible loss of uh, the lives of people that they loved, but also in uh, the loss of normalcy. And it's not normal. And we're all still in it. And I know we are all doing our best to show up every day. And showing up every day, though, should not make us numb to this still being something that impacts us greatly. We still need masks. We still need to pay attention to science. We still need to thank all the people out there who are working so hard to keep us safe, whether that be making sure the places we go are clean and sanitized, showing up, nurses, doctors, school nurses, school nurses, I love you. I love you. You're doing, God, I'm great, great. Now you are officially president of all questions everybody has at school about the coronavirus. So you're welcome. So thank you, teachers. Ooh, patience. The patience I have seen from our teachers is next level. It's next level. Principals, just everyone. Everyone, thank you, thank you, thank you. And those who continue to find creative and new ways to make the world accessible to all of us during this time be it farmer's markets that uh, will deliver food to you, and all the delivery people. Golly, everybody, you're doing a great job. I really appreciate you and see you. Thank you. Thank you. Lastly, I'll just tell you guys, I'm doing blah, 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 blah. I am tired, and I am really over all of this. I'm over it. In particular, I am over listening to children, the voice of children. I do not find peace in the voice of children. And Katie Bell is in her room, so I don't listen to the voices of children. But there is no space in our house for me to be anywhere else during Ellis's uh, remote learning, even though I have a little divider in the den to divide him that doesn't divide the noise and he doesn't want to wear headphones. So when I say I understand the patience 
that my teachers are extending to kids, I mean it. Because two minutes in to, I don't know where my folder is. What do I do if I don't have this? Hi, can I just tell you about a building I saw in a dream once? What? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. So, like our guest wooer said, everything's okay. Speaking of okay, let's settle back and have a wonderful discussion with our guest, creative director, Mary Fago, who also was the creative director on many of OK Go's music videos, and talk to her about her fertility journey, as well as how to remain creative uh, in these very special times. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am speaking with Mary Fago, who is a creative director and director with a sharp eye, a love for compelling stories, and a strong belief in mixing high and low. For over 20 years, she has gone where the work is the most meaningful, having collaborated with museums, foundations, bands, and brands from the Smithsonian to the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, from Google to OK Go and Robin. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much. Nice to be here in my house looking yes. at you on a screen. <laughs> Actually, I want to start with asking you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your in your house where we all are these days. That's right. I, I live full time in my house and uh, my husband, Jesus, lives here as well all the time. And our four and a half year old daughter, Anna lives here and at the mo- at the moment we also have two other kids a five and a five and a half year old and our wonderful teacher Hannah who is uh is watching them minding their development and doing like nine <laughs> j- jazillion other things so we have a little kind of kindergarten pod going yeah. I gotta tell you you are you're my first pod that I've talked to, and you're going full pod with the with a teacher and uh, more than one child, and because I kind of liked the idea at first before you said there was a teacher that the five and a half year old was just in charge by age, right? <laughs> like five and a half year olds, like well, guys. it's just who's on top, really? Yeah. Who who really who was on the king of the mountain? That's basically would be it. Yeah, that's right. So, good job doing the pod. Thank because you. I feel great about it for myself and my daughter. I feel very like, wow, we're moving into this funky world where my privacy and privilege lets me get away with, you know, stuff that not a lot of people can. And at the same time, I know everybody's being resourceful with what they've got to deal with. And uh, so it's a balance. And I go back and forth. It is a balance. But I think we, just as a mental exercise for years on this show, have really, and have been, it's been resurfacing in myself being so uh, at home all the time, is this notion that no one's doing anything at you, right? Like it's, and, and 
the moment like a kid comes into your house, that becomes a narrative like that just begins spinning in your head all the time. Your kid sleeps. You know, like, what are, no one's child is sleeping at you. Uh, If I, I made a weird felt mushroom for a kid, another kid today, and it's okay, but I'm not making this mushroom at you. I do not feel any less of a woman because of your felt mushroom. Yeah, don't feel less. I didn't have eight hours to make it. (laughs) I'm not, you know, like, it's, but I think especially now in this really weird uh, environment that we're living in I think it's also though important to be like good job good job making you know if right. they, ah, good job yeah so good job well how did you get a four-year-old into your house oh right <laughs> how, how did this four-year-old did, get here I know how you got a teacher how did you get a four <laughs> you get a four-year-old <laughs> so um this four-year-old I really feel like I had to go searching for this four-year-old. I had to to go to all ends of the universe to get this four-year-old. And it turns out that I found her, even though she was hard to find. Right. So I had been married before, and my current husband and I got together when I was already into freezing eggs and that kind of thing. I was like 39 and, um, you know, it was getting getting on there and I knew that that was something I wanted in my life. So when we met, I basically told him like, hey, I'm already on this path. If you want to join me, cool. But like literally right now at this time in my life, this is where I'm headed. So yeah. that's my priority. And he he was with it. He uh, jumped in there and uh, caught up to me. And so we started the fertility journey, as as we could say, and had, <laughs> you know, uh, numerous IVF rounds that didn't work. And then I actually saved the frozen eggs till sort of the end thinking, you know, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And the eggs that I had frozen didn't work either. So we were about, I guess, three years into that and nothing worked. And we looked at each other and said, like, we still want this. We still want a family and looked at our, you know, our options and decided to go ahead with an egg donor. And turns out fertility is about biology. It is not about me or anything I've done wrong, or right. what I ate for dinner last night, or the <laughs> fact that I'm stressed, or I didn't get enough sleep, or yeah. whatever. So we did the egg donor, uh, put in one embryo, and bam, it was, we were on. Awesome. Yeah, it was like, you know, it was very difficult, really, really difficult process, but it was very, it, it allowed me to move on that it happened so quickly because mm. it really, like I joke that it's all biology, but it really came down to it of like, yes, it's all biology. And no matter if I was, you know, 37 or 42 or whatever it is, biology is different for every person and it has nothing to do with me. And I think that, you know, we get these messages about, you know, our responsibilities, you know, what our value is in the world. And a lot of that has to do with our ability to reproduce. And it's been, for me personally, a process of 
like detangling that, unraveling it, and and just trying to like throw away the things that are not good for me, that I don't believe in, that um, you know I think are detrimental to me and my well being. And um, <laughs> do you mean lies? Do you mean like falsehoods and lies? No, do you totally. mean like things I mean, created to like sell and or things created to keep? Uh, women in certain positions uh, in the hierarchy of power. I mean, like that narrative is garbage. And in the seven years of doing the show and talking to all of the different people who have gotten children into their house in so many different ways, each one, even from the most you know, we got drunk and fooled around and it just right out of my vagina, right? Like, like yeah. even that, there is still just garbage and messaging and you know, no one's doing it right. No. No one's doing it right. You're, it's your fault. Right. The your fault message or there's something wrong with you or you're somehow broken, it is just such bullshit. It's such damaging bullshit. It's damaging bullshit. It's toxic, damaging bullshit. I mean, uh, two things come to mind as you're talking about that. One is that I would sit in the waiting room at the fertility clinic and look around and go, okay, like everybody here is able to do this but me, right? Right. And when I got to the place where I couldn't do it biologically on my own, my doctor said, hey, you know what? Like, in my office, a quarter of my patients are making the choice that you're making. So, you know, the fact that I impose this idea on myself that I am not enough because everybody around here, I'm just assuming is doing better than I am, is so damaging. And, you know, it's the, it's just a terrible thing to, to carry around. It's that doing it at you at me it's that like when you're trying to conceive and everybody around you is pregnant it makes you feel like everybody's great at it and it took them no time to do it and that isn't true i mean it's true for some people some people are just big old fertile flowers walking (laughs) around and it's like i chew Woo! congratulations there it is (laughs) there it is and you said the story you were telling yourself and yeah you were telling yourself but you were taught that story i mean like right it it is yes how long are we going to continue to accept that narrative and assume there's truth to it, be it a fertility narrative, our worth, or any of the other things that are floating around out there. Or are we just gonna say, you know what, that's actually not true. Even like if I get this Pottery Barn catalog and if I paint my walls white and I have all of this matching furniture, my children are gonna behave great. They're gonna love sitting on those ground pillows and they'll never yell at me and it will be beautiful. And they will, <laughs> I will be the perfect mom and I will wear heels. That that's not, that's not true. It's just, it's just, it's garbage. And I really hate, I really hate it for, for, for us that, that so much is tied up in our bodies and in uh, how kids get into our house. And somehow it's just all on us. Right. It, yeah. Well, from start to finish, right? Like to carry it and all the way through raising it. 
Yeah. It. <laughs> the, that thing. That thing. That thing in the house right yeah. now is Lord of the Flies down in your kitchen. It's true. And I I do, I now remember the other thing I was going to say was that, like, I did, I, I mean, I tried everything, acupuncture, all this stuff. And one of the things was, like, a low inflammation diet. And I remember, like, like, you couldn't have sugar, you couldn't have bread, you couldn't have anything. And I just, it was, like, almost like if I was, should I put, uh, is it possible for me to eat that like crumb of a cookie that I really want right now? Yeah. No, no, because you can't have a baby then. <laughs> yeah, you can't like, have a baby because you ate a cookie, right? Like, yeah, but you know, there's. I think there was a lesson in it for me because like once I did get pregnant and once I did realize that, okay, it's biology, I said, um, I am not going to take the bait on anything about my pregnancy or raising this child that has to do with taking on, you know, outside voices, doing any like comparative critique or anything like that. I read one book (laughs) when I was pregnant. I read one book when I had her and like that was it. And I, you know, it's just not helpful. There's too many toxic messages and all of this stuff. And, you know, I I think I have it in me to raise a good kid. I just believe it. I don't need a whole bunch of, you know, referential stuff. Can I ask you, what are some of the things you had to navigate during this process? I think that it's still got this connotation that, it needs to be somehow secret that, you know, that it's, if I communicate about it, let's say I tell somebody that, oh yeah, we had Anna through an egg donor. Yeah. A lot of times the reaction is, oh wow. And (laughs) doesn't go any further than that. (laughs) Because people are concerned about, you know, I think they empathize and they're concerned about my feelings, but it gets so loaded so fast that people just can't deal with it. And that is just, that just goes to show you, uh, you know, how ingrained this is in all of us. Because, you know, I feel in the position of, I want to be very open about it. I would like to tell as many people as I possibly can because, you know what, I only knew one person who had been through the same thing and I had spent some time living in Sweden. I was in L- back in L.A. at this point. She was in Sweden. We did a phone call. Like that was as close as I got to somebody that I knew who'd been through something similar. And it honestly... I after I spoke with her I just was like yes this is the thing I need to do I can relate to your story and this can be part of my life and I can like navigate this and it will make everything I ever wanted come true with an asterisk like that the asterisk is I had to just think about it differently yeah you know and I will have to think about it differently as I communicate it to my daughter and discuss it with my daughter for however long that needs to take. But I can still do this. And, um, you know, people just, they, so, so even, during the process, I didn't have a lot of dialogue with people about it. 
because it's very hard to talk about like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going through this really hard thing. People don't really want to engage with that. When you, you know, after the fact, I have this like beautiful, vibrant kid, like (laughs) there's nothing bad to talk about now. Like I did it with an egg donor. We can talk about it, you know, but it's still hard (laughs) for people to engage with. And I think the more conversations like this that can happen, the more it permits other people to have conversations and very importantly allows other women to see that this choice is possible for them and it's fine. You are a a creative director badass. And I'm going to start with this, that you have done many things as you have worked with the band OK Go on some of their music videos. And I would like to say that uh, I have for years been showing those, not for years, but as long as the videos have been, for a hundred years that OK Go has been around. Yeah. Uh, We watch those in this house all the time is just something to like amaze the kids with yeah and just in case uh anybody is not familiar with what i'm talking about okay go is a band and they sort of made a name for themselves uh with the help of you with their visually stunning music videos they are these ornate complex one camera optical illusion People, I mean, they're they're absolutely stunning and so much fun to watch music videos. So I would like to actually shift into your work. Sure. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you got into this line of work? And there's no question you have a distinct voice with your projects. And I would love to talk a little bit about that, too. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess I... Um... So my dad was in the music business. He was like a radio promotion guy in like the 80s. So it was like, (laughs) think like a wrestler or like maybe a manager of a wrestler. It's kind of like on that level, but he's basically like shucking and jiving to like, you know, get a record on the radio and yada, yada. (laughs) So um, he was quite a character and music was always a very big part of my life. And my mom was an elementary school art teacher. And so at some point, long after I had gone to college (laughs) and, uh, you know, long after you're supposed to have figured out what you want to do, I put it together and I was like, yes, you can make album covers. That's it. (laughs) And I'd been kind of doing this in smaller and larger ways. Um, Anyway, once I kind of like that, like, you know, magical combo, like finally was realized for me. That's how I started. And uh, I worked at different record labels kind of like coming up. And um, by the time I met OKGO, I was the creative director at Capitol Records, which was where they started. That was their first label. And we kind of got together early on and just like, it, it was like we were Uh, related um you know Damien calls me uh, his big sister even though he has a big sister who is also a collaborator and she's great I'm the other one yeah I mean it it was it just became this relationship that over time you know there were like very intense periods of time where we were working together very closely 
I would say my uh, contribution tended to be at the start of an album cycle, not for everyone, but for some of them, where we'd be figuring out like conceptually, like what is this all about? Kind of like what's our theme? What are we going for here? And I mean, aesthetically, a lot of you say like I have kind of a specific voice and that specific voice is like very specific to them too. So it just like worked. You know, we always loved patterns and we always loved, you know, optical illusions. And then like over time that just got went from like an album covered in wallpaper to like a full on music video with like crazy optical illusion freak out, you know, thing. Yeah. So it was kind of like this scale thing. And so like all of the, you know, ingredients were there at the beginning, but like at the beginning we could you know, afford to bake like one cupcake. And then like later it became, you know, like, I don't even know a feast. So I feel really, really lucky to have had that uh, affiliation with them and just support and kinship over the years. And I think one of the things I would love to just suggest to you, and I think maybe some of your audience is um, a project that we did over the last couple of years, which is called OK Go Sandbox. Yes, I was going to ask you about this. And I just sent it to my teachers after checking it out. I was like, hey, guys, not like you don't have enough that you're reading right now, teachers. But this is like, this is really cool. And I I started like researching all of the different. So tell us, tell us about the OK Go Sandbox. Well, so basically for years, teachers would show up, write letters, you know, emails, whatever, saying like, we use your video in our classroom to teach math. We use it over here to show physics like this. And so basically this was like a just a formal response to that. And um, Damon had been, uh, he was like in line for coffee, I think at like the (laughs) TED conference or something like that. And literally, serendipitously, the woman behind the in line is a woman named uh, Amory Thomas. And she is a really special uh, genius woman who runs <laughs> something called the Playful Learning Lab uh, out of the University of St. Thomas. And she studies basically how kids learn through play. Yeah. And runs a lab and helps educators build their curriculum around these principles. So they got some money together, kind of kicked it off, brought me in to create or direct that. And, you know, we were able to really find different ways, like strategically to have the content align with like the core curriculum that teachers have to teach in school. So really helping them find ways to like navigate this into what can be really, really like tight, narrow requirements. Um, But also, you know, to inspire kids and essentially it presents each video and the sort of conceptual architecture behind it, whether that's like the physics of parabolic flight, let's say. And then it breaks those down into separate units and uh, creates projects that the students can do around each of those principles. So uh, it's really cool. And damn, if that wasn't prescient, because this is stuff that, you know, families, schools can use right now for at home learning. And uh, I highly recommend it for that. Yeah, no, it is really fun to go through. Because again, like I said, 
we've been showing these videos forever just to be like, how did that, you know, we always ask the kids, how do you think they did that? Right. How did they, right? Because it, it's designed. I mean, they are. That's the question. And this is the answer. Like yeah. we basically are saying, well, this is how we did it. I know. And it's, and it's, and what I was nervous about, but then I was so thrilled to see was that it was broken up by age. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to look at this and it's only going to be for like eighth graders, right? right? But there's like a K through three and like, and, and which is wonderful. Yeah. And it's such a gift. It's such a nice thing, a nice resource to have available and no one panic. We're going to link everybody up All right. to the Okiga Sandbox. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. And I, I just want to say thank you for, you know, making that choice to talk openly about your experiences because I think I am also someone uh, who had kids a little later and I have other friends as well we're just of our generation Mm -hmm. people who were doing other things (laughs) at the time what do you know yeah what do you know so I am doubly happy to speak with you to get that message out there Uh, and your story and experience out there. And anytime I can have anybody on to agree with me that there is garbage being fed to us daily uh, in this country, I will have you on all the time. That's right. Uh, Flush those toxins. Get them out. That's right. Flush, flush, flush. Um, And good luck with the pod. Thank you. I I hate to tell you this, and I think everybody's going to hate me. Sure. I'm not doing this at you. I'm gonna take but the kids are 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 baking banana muffins right now and it smells really good so i'm just gonna fuck yeah (laughs) yes i didn't do that at you okay no no the kids are just down there making a music video (laughs) don't worry about it it's totally fine they've just built (laughs) i think it's wonderful i the here is to everybody smelling banana bread regardless of what it actually is. May everyone (laughs) smell banana bread. That's right. Well, thank you so much. And we will make sure that everybody uh, can see all of your work. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been really nice. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. We know this Halloween is already gonna be a little bit different. Um, I know I'm just planning to buy way more candy this year, (laughs) but I also realize it's so much better if we don't just make Halloween all about candy. And with KiwiCo, you can have hands-on science and art projects, and that way, your ghoulies won't go batty with boredom. <laughs> guys, guys, what's wonderful about KiwiCo is that there is something for the whole family. Ellis and Katie Bell both used the Kiwi crates, which were perfect when they were under the age of seven, roughly. Ellis is now using the Tinker crates and recently built a robot, which was really cool. And I've stolen all of Katie Bell's maker crates and have been making macrame hanging baskets. Ooh. <laughs> it's been so fun. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. 
So get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash badmother. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Oh, I just... I love the way that just rolls off my tongue. (laughs) Genius me. Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. I saw what you did. Oh my god. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, mom, are a genius. Oh my god, that's fucking genius. Okay. This is like relating to that feeling of, you know, when your kids see something that is like a project idea that someone has done and they want to do that too right now. And I'm looking at that project and I'm not only do I not know how to do it, but I have to like learn how to do it and see if I could. (laughs) And then I don't know how long it would take. And it would probably cause all kinds of frustration for my kids and myself. Mm. But this is a story of when that didn't happen. Oh, what happened was (laughs) Oscar, my six year old, had made a book with one of his therapists. It was a book that was very cute. It was like you could print it on printer paper, but it had pictures that had clearly been like things had been like pasted into pictures. And then there was writing. It was very simple, but it looked really nice. And he was very excited about this book and he was sharing it with me. And Gracie, my now nine-year-old, noticed the book and she wanted to make one too. Sure. Great. Well, let me just real quick email this therapist and say, like, how how did you what did you use like special software to make this book or what did you do? And Gracie was feeling very impatient, like, has the therapist written you back yet? And I was like, honey, she's going to get back to me, but it might not be for like a day. Like it might be later today or maybe tomorrow. I don't really know. Um, Well, I just she was losing her mind waiting. She really wanted to like make a book right then. So I said, well, I mean, it seems like something you could make with PowerPoint. I don't really know. Like, I know PowerPoint is like pretty basic sometimes, but like I don't use it. So I don't really know how to do it. But I was like, I could try. I said, I could try. We could try PowerPoint and see if it works. And she said, great, let's try PowerPoint. So we tried PowerPoint. That was fine. We were getting like something going. But then the next thing was she wanted to paste pictures of herself into like a Minecraft background. So she took (laughs) screenshots of Minecraft, like stuff she'd built in Minecraft. And then she took pictures of herself and she sent them all to me. And she's like, here you go. Like, put put me into the Minecraft thing. And I'm like, "Okay." like, I really don't know how to do this kind of stuff. But I just thought, I don't know, maybe I can. Maybe I can. So I just like kind of Googled it and like tried to figure it out. And sure enough, like the software that came with my computer made it possible for me to like cut out Grace from this picture of herself and paste it into the Minecraft world. It was actually not that hard. And I did it and we did it right there and we just made the whole book. And then, yes, and then 
What was great was that, you know, it uses so much ink to print those, like, pictures, like, those full pictures. Yeah. And so much so that, like, we've already, like, ruined Grace by, like, now she'll look at it and she'll be like, you probably don't want to print this because it's going to use so much ink. Like, she's, like, already worried about that. That's already giving her a stomachache. I'm like, it's fine because I'm feeling good now because I've had this success. I'm like, it's great. We'll just print it. Don't worry about the ink. It'll be great. Um, let's make sure it's all looking good. Well, of course, like we ended up having to print it out like three different times, <laughs> you know, this like 20 page book with full color images because like inevitably something was wrong each time. Like the first yeah. time we like printed on both sides and that made the book look weird. And then like the next time, like something was cut off. But I, the genius was, I was calm for this whole thing. Like I just said I would try. I didn't say like, I can do this. I just said, I'll try. And then I just took my time and did not rush. And we did all the pieces and we made the book and it is great. And she's very happy. Oh, that is so good. Thank you. Really? That's really nice. Thanks, Biz. Yeah. Guys, I'm struggling on a genius. You went for a week. walk. You told me off the air that you went for I a walk. I did. I went for a walk, but I'm in such a gross place that it's like, mm. well, why can't I do that every night? Yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. it's, all, it's more of a punishment. Yeah. Everybody else gets to walk all the time. Yeah. So like I did go for a walk and that was nice. And I did, the air is breathable again here. And so mm. I did clean the porch. Yes. Uh, which is a place I like to go sit. And uh, I'm showing up every day when I would really like to not show up. So I'm just going to enjoy the very, not enjoy, I think I'm just going to recognize the incredibly low bar and be done with it and leave it at that so as we don't go down a dark spiral of <laughs> just, ah, where are we? This is a, it's crazy. Showing up crazy. is actually a really big deal. It is. It is. I am showing up. Yeah. I am here. Good job. Here I am. Thank you. Hi, this is a genius. And this is a genius that I'm not just proud of myself. It's a genius that might actually help another mom out. I'm very, very proud of myself. So, I just went to support the local business for food, so genius one, I am not cooking tonight. And then also, I managed to be able to, like, not have my kids in the car, which is also a genius two. And, okay, no, this is it. This Get this. This is the real genius right here. I put the food in the rear-facing infant seat so that it doesn't spill all over the place. I got a big old food bag. You know, you put it on the floor – It ends up everywhere. You, like, rearrange it. Like, what do you do? No. In the fucking baby seat. I feel so smart right now. The one, like, tiny bad thing is I can't reach the french fries. But, like, and I can smell them, which is really hard. But but my food is so safe. And I'm looking at it in the mirror. I'm, I'm looking at my beautiful food that I didn't have to cook in the baby seat mirror all tucked in. I didn't buckle it because I think it's going to be okay. But... Man, I'm really, I'm just, it's really great right now. So you guys are doing a great job. 
everybody wear a mask. We're all doing a great job. And put your food in the baby seat so you can look after it like you love it. <laughs> so good. This is it's so good. This is, I think I really enjoy the genius and fails that just borderline on all of us going literally insane. Yes. I love this person yes. so much. She's like, I'm looking at my food. Wear a mask. Keeping my food safe. I feel <laughs> so smart safe. right now. <laughs> yes. And, the, I, and I also like that she acknowledged that the one downside was that she cannot reach the frogs. Yes. Because it's all the way back yeah. there. But don't worry. Soon you'll have to turn that seat around right. when your food gets old enough. Yeah. And you'll you'll turn it around and then you can reach. Yeah. You can reach the fries. Yes. I just the real genius is the joy you have found in your life right now. This is, <laughs> you are You're finding joy. You are, you are finding finding joy. I look forward to your your book. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell the french fries they're just out of reach mm -hmm. the true story of a very happy person <laughs> you were doing a great job failures fail 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 you suck fail me Teresa just a classic but for our times mm. I have enrolled Oscar, my six-year-old, in a part-day, three-day-a-week nature camp. Hey! And yay for that. Yeah. Um, on the first day, I was very careful to pack all the important items <laughs> and have him ready with his hands washed and sunscreen. Mm-hmm. All the things. Yeah. Water bottle, snacks, change of clothes, blah, blah, blah. Definitely forgot the COVID mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone needs those in nature. We I need know. them I, all the time. I know. When we're not home. And we have dozens. 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 <laughs> and, we, you know, it's not even like Oscar has worn one a lot now. He's really used yeah. to wearing it. And it's totally part of our routine in leaving the house. But I guess I was so busy thinking about all the other things that I haven't yeah. had to do for him in six months, like pack yeah. stuff to go somewhere, that I just totally forgot the mask mm. all the way to camp, which is like, Ugh. you know, 20 minutes away. Not, yeah, not close. Until standing in line, the six feet apart line to get into the place. Did you look around? Is that when, when did you, like, how did it dawn on you? Because what you're describing here is the dream I have every single night. Well, this is why I was like, why don't I keep a stack of these in the car? Like, I don't know why I don't, because I think because I'm scared of them being getting dirty somehow or something. I don't We're know. Not ever in cars. That's why. I Who's guess. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm keeping some in the car and I'm keeping some in his backpack it's fine. Wow. I just felt really, really stupid. Yeah. And I felt like, oh, that that feeling of like, oh, people totally think that I don't care about yeah. the like that I wouldn't that I'm not in the habit of using a mask like that. I'm not 
for my uh, kids. I'm really sorry. Like literally every night I have a dream that I am like at a grocery store or really anywhere. And then I realize halfway through my experience <gasps> being there that you're not wearing that a mask. I'm not wearing it's like a the mask. naked dream. It's like it's show, a naked, it's dream, a naked but- dream, but the mask dream. Now it is a mask Whoa. all the time. Whoa. I'm not kidding. Whoa. I feel like there's some reward that Oscar is not where Ellis is, where the sheer panic yeah. of like, gee, he, Ellis yeah. can't leave the house without being like, we all have a mask. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, is this healthy? Did no. I do this right? Yeah. This doesn't feel, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't feel good either. So, eh, we are all boned. Well, I'm sorry. You're doing a horrible job. Thank you. I know. <laughs> But A plus for remembering every fucking thing else. I know. (laughs) Okay, Stefan has a glass that he loves very much. It is, (laughs) I I know, this sounds like crazy, but like, so when he has a little bourbon, some nights, the end of a long day, he really, really likes to have it in this sort of, classic bourbon glass that like you get like at a bar right yeah and he used to have one when we were in new york and i'm pretty sure i broke that one and then we got to california and he like went out like he went back to he was visiting new york and like took one from a bar and got it home and it's been there forever and i broke it i broke it i broke it two days ago i was emptying the dishwasher and I just, I am, uh, I've mentioned it a million times. I'm a dropper mm-hmm. when things, when I'm very tired or whatever, yeah. I'm, I just, things just fall out yes. of my hands. Yes. I just, they're there and then they're not. And it shattered. And I just was like, there's a lot of things I could have broken in this house that I wouldn't have felt like. I would have been like, hey, that sucks. But this, I was like, oh, I am really, really sorry that i did this there's no there's no way to fix that it's just no you cannot fix it this is not like i can't go to ikea and get a new one yeah no this is like a thing yeah i'm sorry so there you go there you go just everything's falling apart yeah (laughs) just one glass at a time Hello, bad mothers. I'm calling with a fail, and it's um, an embarrassing one. But you know, if we can't share our embarrassing failures, and we're can we share them? I was at work and noticed that my leg kept tickling and itching, but it was only my left leg, and I couldn't figure out why. There was nothing there, and then I looked down and realized that when I was in the shower this morning, that I only shaved my right leg, <laughs> and that I forgot to shave my left leg, and that my leg hair was tickling me, and. No one at work would understand that they would all be horrified if I told them that. But there you go. I was half a self at work today. And we'll see if I can't even out tomorrow. Thank you for reminding us that we're doing a good job. You're doing an awesome job, too. I I really like the sort of moral of the story, which is maybe tomorrow I'll even myself out. (laughs) (laughs) But... That is, yeah. A, I mean, I guess kudos for shaving. Like that's yeah. a, yeah. I that's mean, that's more than some would many, yeah, more yeah. than many yes. might be doing. Yes. And and by many, it could be me. Could be me might not on be any me. given day. 
It Any could definitely be me. Yeah, there are definitely times where you're like, what is that feeling? And yeah. you're like, oh, it's the wind blowing across my leg here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so to have one yeah. shaved leg and one born free leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It must just be a weird feeling, you know? Yeah. Like you just don't yeah. feel centered. No. Centered is that right. You feel a little to the right. That's that's where you feel that day. And being centered is a is a, is probably a more comfortable place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm you are you are very smart to not share that information with anyone at your work. Yes. But we know mm-hmm. that you're doing a horrible job at being like a person. Yep. So Yep. <laughs> You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Third Love. And speaking of support, Third Love designs bras with all-day comfort and support in mind. I recently bought myself a few more Third Love bras. I really personally love the fact that they have half cup sizes. I feel like that should be a thing. It's so necessary for so many of us. With signature details like memory phone cups, no-slip straps, and a scratch-free band, Third Love creates bras that focus on what matters keeping us comfortable. They donate all their gently used return bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. You can use their online Fit Finder quiz to identify your breast size and shape to find the right size and style for you. Right now, Third Love is offering our listeners 10% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash mother now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash mother for 10% off today. Hello there, ghouls and gals. It is I, April Wolf. I'm here to take you through the twisty, scary, heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as Switchblade Sisters. The concept is simple. I invite a female filmmaker on each week and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like The Babadook Director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone Director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare. <laughs> it's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade Sisters. Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie. And also, Who's That Grandma? Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a policeman. Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes? Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. 
New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Guys, Teresa is still here. And you know who's also still here? Mom's having a breakdown. Let's sit back and listen to one right now. Hi, this is Teresa. This is a rant. I'm calling because I'm just so frustrated. I have a small baby. Before the pandemic, I was supposed to have just been home with her. It was just supposed to have been me and the baby. But now my husband is here also working from home all day. And he's always around and he always has, like, opinions and things he wants to say. And he's always just there and I never have any time just to be quiet and just to be with the baby and oh god I'm just it just wasn't supposed to be like this and right now I'm just a little bit over it thank you so much for listening really appreciate you guys you're doing a really good job first of all you are doing a really good job yeah you are Uh, this is exactly where I am and I am sure everybody is and that is that daily sort of this is not how this is supposed to be and I just need some quiet and some time alone and that's so not on par with this idea that we sometimes hear from from others that's oh I'm finally getting to be home with my whole family isn't it great (laughs) I'm I'm so excited and I and that is true there are some really nice moments about all being able to be home more than usual and having these different set of circumstances that said you are one of a, a lot of calls from just this month of people calling in and saying, I haven't been alone since November, or I haven't been alone since March. And that's even in the best of relationships and the best of circumstances in terms of, you know, what all's happening in your house, it is crazy the effects of not having any quiet time or alone time or any of it that is really having an effect on you on me I think also for some reason we don't see like needing alone time as being something that's that's uh, like a spectrum for people like Mm -hmm. Your husband, it sounds like maybe somebody who doesn't maybe need a lot of alone time. And it's possible that maybe for him this is like really hard because he's more social and he's missing that like interaction with more adults and being out in the world. And you're like the sole outlet for that for him. And whereas for you, you need more alone time. And for some reason, we don't always feel like that is like an okay thing to 
say that we need. I mean, I know in in our situation here, like Jesse, my husband, is the one who needs more alone time than I need. I also need alone time, <laughs> um, but he needs he needs more, and he needs more quiet time. And we've been recently talking about this and talking about like because ever since COVID, he's felt so guilty anytime mm. he feels like he needs to take some quiet time because he feels like he's like leaving me with the kids or that he feels like he's you know abandoning the situation and and also that how do the kids take that if he's the one who goes and gets quiet time and you know mom's there but dad oh dad needs more quiet time and so we've been trying to think about like how can we talk to them about it and like we were Mm. just saying the other day like maybe it's okay to just say to them like look everybody has a different amount of quiet time that they need and we're all learning that more about ourselves right now because all of a sudden it's not built into our day like all of a sudden we have to make that time I think the other thing that is like really tough about your situation is with the baby. Like baby. I I was like you when I had each one of my babies, I just wanted to be alone with my baby. Like that was like the most <laughs> yeah. I know not everybody has that no, either. That's that, different yes. for everyone, but all I wanted was just me and the baby. I just that was like the most like special and much needed thing for me at that time and and how and how hard it was to share that time with anyone else, even other family members who I dearly love. Um, and so, again, you're in this situation where it feels it feels like you don't have that time that you expected having built in. And we're not used to having these conversations like, I can I be the only parent right now? <laughs> like, we're not used yeah. to having, you know, it's just a... <laughs> We're not, yeah, we haven't had to be in this situation before. And that's, it's really hard to figure out how to do that in a way that like doesn't hurt anyone's feelings and like doesn't, you know, create conflict. That is so spot on. I think that's like the key with so many of the things we're struggling with right now is we are being put into situations that have always existed but have not existed with the spotlight turned on them so brightly and so consistently that we have to have these conversations that may have been needed to be had already yeah (laughs) but you know I mean good lord knows my relationship is built on the I'm just gonna sit on it yeah until it'll be different later we'll figure it out (laughs) yeah Right. And then like, yeah. And but now there is no space to figure it out later. You have to figure it out like right now. And that is new. Yes. To a lot of us. Yes. Um, And you're doing you're doing a a really good job. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Teresa, you're also doing a really good job. I'm so glad that this is working for at least these last two days, and <laughs> I hope that it continues to work. I do, too. If it doesn't work, that's okay, I too. Know. I know. I really hope it keeps working, too. Yeah, I uh, love seeing you, and I love hearing you, and I miss your voice and your input into all of our conversations, and there are many times throughout this time that I have been like, 
Uh, if Teresa was here, I would not have stepped in that. That would have been really great to have her voice in on this. So I miss you, and I appreciate you, and I know everybody was so excited to hear you last week, and you are doing a really good job. Thank you. Thanks, Biz. I am really happy to be here, and I'm already looking forward to next time. Thank you for continuing to make One Bad Mother. You are amazing. And it's really good to Thanks. see you and hear from you, too. Guys, that was so nice to have Teresa here. Uh, I really like getting to have her around for Genius and Fail and for uh, Moms Having a Breakdown. Because, like I said, her voice is so important and useful. Uh, and I have always, throughout all of these years, felt... Uh, when she was responding to a caller, that I was gaining something from what she had to say as well. So that was so nice to have her on. Um, just as it was so nice to speak with our guest today, Mary Fago, I just really like badass, hardcore, smart women. I do. I like smart people. So what did we learn today? We learned that everything's okay. <laughs> And okay is code for uh, everything from a total shit show to nailing it. Okay, guys? We learned that there are many ways to get a kid in your house. And they are all valid and they all have value. And whatever choices you make when it comes to how a child gets into your house are no better or no less than anyone else's choices, okay? Guys, the story they've been telling us forever that somehow our worth is wrapped up in whether or not we can make babies is uh, garbage. Our worth is not wrapped up in that, okay? Having children in your house is certainly a big deal, but it is not the thing that defines us. We were people before and we will be people after. And we are, ugh, this is the one that I'm having a hard time still learning. We are people right now while there are children in our house. Okay. We learned that the time that we are living in right now is ridiculously hard and alone time, quiet time is incredibly important to us. Even if we differ from the other people in our house when it comes to how much quiet time we need or how much alone time we need, the takeaway is getting confident in communicating our needs with those in our lives. Guys, I think that was the real lesson. Communication, communication. Communicating that there are different ways and different experiences when it comes to how kids get in our house. Communicating the good and bad about our experiences out in the world. We gotta be willing to talk about all of it, no matter how uncomfortable it may be. And sometimes it's even those really, really, really small yet incredibly important discussions with the people in our own uh, homes at the moment, you know? And I think it's fair to begin talking with our kids about things like that. I thought that you were listening to Teresa say that she and Jesse had been talking to their kids about you know, people having different levels of alone time needs. I thought that was stunning. I was amazing. 
and that they were thinking about the messaging that was being put out by uh, Jesse needing more a long time than Teresa needing, because that was a truth in their house. But if you're not talking about that with your kids, the message may come across very differently to to them. Talk, 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 let's all talk. Okay, talk, 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 game. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. You really are. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and uh, I just I just think you're doing great, and I I see you, whether it be a good day or a bad day, you're still showing up. Let's keep showing up and trying our best each day. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama Blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama Blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.